Hello all, my name is Andrew Hall Pinnock and you're here today listening to PBC, the premier boxing channel. Today I was speaking on the history of arguably the greatest boxing heavyweight in history. There is no one like Jack Johnson. When Jack Johnson was fighting, he could have been killed in any of his major fights. There were people in the audience who were probably willing to murder him. He knew it, they knew it, and everyone in the world knew it. This showed the man that Jock Johnson was. He didn't back down from anyone and did as he pleased. In an era where looking or flirting with a white woman could have gotten you killed, Jack Johnson bed them as much as he pleased. He had an affinity for white women and would go on to marry three women, all of whom were white. Jack Johnson was born on March 31st, 1878 in Galveston, Texas. Jack Johnson's parents were Henry and Tiny Johnson and they were former slaves. They found jobs as a school janitor and a laundress to provide for their six children and made sure they learned how to read and write. Jack Johnson, however, only attended school for five years. At the age of 12, he would run away and stowed away on a cotton steamer and made it all the way to New York by himself. As Johnson states, as the ship docked, he made his way into the crowd of people and with his longest and saddest face, he proclaimed that he was a worthless colored boy with no friends or family, so he would jump off the ship. This was all a ploy, however, because he would throw his hat down and walk to the rail bluffing. Money would begin to rain into his hat. He would collect his earnings, then depart the ship. He traveled to New York to meet his idol at the time, which was a man named Steve Brody. After departing the ship, he would find and meet Mr. Brody. From there, he shook his hand and after meeting his idol, headed back to Galveston, Texas. Growing up, he would do odd jobs, such as sweeping up barbershops, but was constantly searching for a way out. For Jack Johnson, boxing became the way out. During his time, boxing was the biggest sport and commanded great respect from everyone in America. John Sullivan was... A big reason why boxing became so big. His name resonated with everyone in America. Even if you weren't a sports fan and claimed the title of heavyweight champion, was carried by the strongest man in the world. This claim brought fame to the title and people looked at the champion in adoration of just beneath a general or president. John Sullivan fought and defeated all of his challengers. He, however, would not fight African Americans. He believed the title of heavyweight champion should never fall in the hands of an African-American. At the age of 18, Jack Johnson met a man named Mr. Chewinski. Chewinski had heard of a promising boxer and wanted to see for himself. They would go on to spar for three rounds until Chewinski knocked Jack Johnson out. From there, Chewinski would begin to mentor Johnson, albeit from prison since they were both arrested for engaging in illegal contests. They spent the next 23 days in prison, which Jack Johnson remembered were two days longer than a man lasted for murdering his wife. While in prison, Chewinski would go on to teach Jack Johnson the tricks and trades to boxing and claim that as good as he moved, he should never be hit. In 1901, after being released, Jack Johnson would travel across the country to find better fights, better fighters and bigger prize winnings. By 1902, 
he would begin to make a name for himself and began to pile pile up wins versus white and black boxers. He began to make good money now, which was as much as a thousand dollars a fight, no matter the racial connotations that were associated with African-American boxers. He would focus on his fight and block out all the excess noise. Jack Johnson began to set his sights on a prize that before then seemed out of, a, out of reach and unattainable to African-Americans, the heavyweight championship. Jack Johnson would get his chance to prove himself worthy of an opportunity at the heavyweight belt when a fight was scheduled for May 16, 1902 between Jack Johnson and the current heavyweight champion's brother, Jack Jeffries. Jack Jeffries, however, provided no challenge to Jack Johnson. The bout lasted five rounds, and Jack Johnson even carried Jeffries to his corner, where Jim Jeffries, the current heavyweight champion, was sitting ringside, and Jack Johnson proclaimed he would beat him too. Jim Jeffries, just as his predecessors, stated that after there were no more white fighters, he would retire instead of giving Johnson or any other black fighter a chance at the title. Jim Jeffries stated, when there are no more white men to fight, I will quit the business. This fellow Johnson is a fair fighter, but he is a black, and for that reason, I will never fight him. If I were not champion, I would assume to me a Negro was any other man, but the title will never go to a black man if I can help it. Johnson never deterred and continued on his path to, heavy, to be a heavyweight champion. In 1903, he defeated Denver Ed Martin to claim the official Negro heavyweight championship. Now, as he continued to defeat all formidable heavyweight opponents, people, even the prominent Police Gazette, began to realize how talented Jack Johnson was and began to call on Jim Jeffries to give Jack Johnson a chance. Jeffries would continuously refuse the offer and eventually retired in 1905. To decide who would carry on the championship, Jeffries refereed a fight and the eventual winner was a man named Marvin Hart. The title kept evading Johnson, but he continued to fight top fighters and earned up to $3,000 per fight. After years, Jack Johnson finally got his chance at the heavyweight championship against a man named Noah Brusso, a.k.a. Tommy Burns. At the age of 30, and after 14 years of boxing, Jack Johnson was finally the heavyweight champion after overwhelmingly defeating and outboxing Tommy Burns. After the fight... White America disregarded Jack Johnson as the heavyweight champion, stating that Tommy Burns was never the real champion, and they viewed Jim Jeffries as the real champion. Even if White America didn't celebrate Jack Johnson as the champion, he achieved the goal he was chasing for years and finally proved to both Black and White America that the best fighter in the world is not dependent on race and that white people were not a superior race. Jack Johnson's affinity for white women caused a stir throughout white and black America. With Johnson's fame now in the spotlight, his private life and his love of white women came to light. He began to travel openly with white women, and when warned to, di- to be more discreet, he stated, I have the right to choose who my mate will be without the dictation of any man. I am not a slave. There was a homecoming in his hometown of Galveston, Texas, but after finding out his travel companion was a white woman, the homecoming was canceled. The black people felt if he couldn't find a suitable woman of his own race, he should, be cel- he should die celibate. 
This showed that he faced troubles from both sides of the spectrum, from black and white people. He would begin to be refused service from five different hotels after the news broke of Johnson openly traveling with white women. Two white women, he was two white men, he was arrogant and flashy, and his desire for white women established him as a threat. As a result, Johnson was arrested in 1912 and convicted for violating the Mann Act, the White Slave Traffic Act of 1910. When he crossed state lines with one of his girlfriends, even though Jack Johnson had relations, relations prior to this act in 1910, did not deter white men from enforcing this new policy on his home life. So vague the Mann's Act wording, with phrases like crimes against nature, and unlawful sexual intercourse. In 1913, Johnson fled the United States, lingering in exile throughout Europe and the Americas for the next seven years. After his conviction under the Federal Man Act, Johnson's escape was welcoming to Johnson after he received better treatment abroad from than from America. His only plight was that he was unable to see his mother before her death. Tiny Johnson's death came before her son, Jack Johnson, could negotiate his return to America. Jack Johnson claimed his flight to Europe was one of the greatest errors of his life. Overall, Jack Johnson was a figure in sports history that helped break the color barrier and attempted to start having black and white people not look at himself or others as black or white and rather look at him as human. Pioneer boxer Jack Johnson remains an emblematic figure in the history of race and sports and in unraveling the connections between athletics, sexuality, and the domination of black men in the United States.